0: to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. Before I go into my message, I just want to ask uh, this, this question, all right? The question I have for you, what is the best thing that a father can do for his children? What is the best thing a father can do for a children? Come, any answers. Best thing that a father can do for his children? Well, have got discussion group by here. Small group discussion. <laughs> uh, Linda, you, you, what's the answer? I, I see that you've got small group discussion there. What is the best thing that a father can do for his children? Anyone? Pray for the children. Okay, what else? Wife will cook. Ah. Or provide. The wife will provide. I'm saying the father. Or the father will provide. Or the father will provide the bacon. Alright. Uh, put food on the table. Alright. Okay, important, important. Anyone else? What is the best gift a father can do for his children? Prayer, put the food on the table, important. Anyone else? Role model. Okay, all very good. Yes, Joshua. I see your hand. Advice, yes. Godly advice. Yes, very, very good answers. Very very good answers, but I'm asking for the best thing, huh? Best thing, what do you think is the best thing? Huh? Anyone? Best thing, best. <coughs> Leave behind godly inheritance. Very cheap, man, huh? but uh, it means uh, uh not not earthly inheritance, god godly or spiritual inheritance. Maybe spiritual heritage, spiritual teaching. Is it correct? Ah, okay, okay. All very good answers. Okay, all very good answers. But very good is all true. But there's something uh, more tangible, more visible that we must leave behind for our children. Okay, uh, and this is the answer. Can I have my slides on? Yes. So today's message is God's key to strong marriages. Okay, God's key to strong marriages. So the best thing a father can do for his children, best, huh? is not just money, lah, provision, lah, good school. It's not even parental love. Or, you know, a... Uh, spiritual direction or spiritual devotion. That's important. All these are important, uh, don't get me wrong. Uh. But the most visible and the most impactful visible sign uh, or example you can give to your children is your first ministry as father. Why is your first ministry as father? It's not your children, uh, by the way. Your first ministry as a father is to love your spouse. okay, is to love your spouse. If you're not able to do that, okay, uh, it has impact on your children. So uh, this, uh, they did a statistics, okay, they did the statistics. They say happily married couple. You know, this statistic shows what? Not. Happily married couple, you, uh, you know how long they live, longer than normal people? They actually live Eight years longer than other people. Okay? Wow. You want to live longer or not? Be in a happy marriage. In a, in a, in a not happy maybe you short, your life shortened by eight years. Ah. Okay? You live longer, uh, eight years longer than others. You have fewer mental problems. You will have greater financial stability. And surprisingly, ah, you will save more money. You know? I don't know how. Lah. You know, you save more money. I, I don't know. Okay? Maybe two income, all or, or saving together. And what will happen to your children? Okay, according to statistics, children in happily married couple uh, married uh, relationships, they live less likely to live in poverty, less likely to have experienced mental health or emotional problems. OK? They're less likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, and fourthly, less likely to drop out of school. Wow. Is there benefit? Yes, sir. Huh? Great benefits. And uh, the divorce rates in the world is rising, okay? And Singapore is no exception. Christians are no exception, okay? And uh, I personally have uh, pastored young adults for eight years, and I, I, I personally have seen uh, the divorce of even church board members, okay? And how the divorce have impacted their children, okay? Uh, or, or Christian parents who are leaders in the church, but when I talk to the children, they say, oh, my parents at home always fight one. They are hypocrites. That's what they say, you know. Well, and it affects their spiritual life. And I've also seen firsthand uh, how divorce or unhappy marriage actually affects the children. Okay, so in this sermon, I'm going to uh, basically share why is marriage, strong marriage, uh, the best gift you can give for your children. Okay, so... Um, The big idea for us uh, this morning is this. Follow God's key for strong marriages. Follow God's key for strong marriages. So uh, right now, uh, the singers uh, feel like, wow, pastor, what is this message going to do with me? Then the youth uh, feel, I'm in the wrong service. But it's not true. Because youth, one day, young adults, one day we'll get married, right? So through this sermon, you will also begin to identify what are the principles to find a good spouse, to marry the right person. And those who are single, what I'm going to share with you uh, this morning applies to all relationships. How do you strengthen all relationships? Uh, And uh, it is according to God's Word. So many times, you know, there's a lot of tips out there about how to build strong marriages. Uh, But the Word of God gives us the foundation. It is countercultural. So what I'm going to share with you is quite different from what the world will teach you because God's Word is always countercultural. God's Word is always the strong foundation that we need in our marriages. Tips is good, you know, all the advice out there is good, but it must be built on the strong theological foundation for marriage. So that's what I'm going to go into uh, this, this, uh, this morning. And I'm going to talk. Uh, uh, use the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, to talk about that, a uh, very famous passage. So, Ephesians is basically a book that Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus. Okay, and he, he wrote to the, uh, the church of Ephesus not because they had some problems. Okay, most epistles is because Apostle Paul is trying to address some problems, some heresy. But when he wrote the book to the, the, the church in Ephesus, he's basically giving them a grand idea. Okay, so you see chapter 1 and 2, a grand idea of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the divine power. Uh, that resides in the heavenly realms, okay, and uh, about God's grand purpose for the church, okay, and, and, and for those who believe in Him. And then in uh, chapter uh, chapter 3, 4, and 5, basically, He translates all those grand principles about who God is, and He teaches us how to live it practically in the church, He teaches us how, how to live it practically in our leadership, in our spousal relationship, in our children relationship in our uh, slave and master relationship. And uh, in chapter 6, it it ends off with um, spiritual warfare. Not to forget that spiritual warfare is at stake. So when you look at uh, Ephesians, we are at Ephesians chapter 5, where Apostle Paul teaches them how to live out practically uh, the marriage covenant. How do you live out the marriage covenant such that it reflects the glory of God? Okay? Okay. So you're going to look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 to 33. Okay, uh, quite a long passage, but I think it's important. So I'm going to read uh, this passage to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, as and is himself its saviour. Now as the church submit to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husband. And then now the wives are very uncomfortable already. Wow, very hard to swallow this one, Pastor. Can skip or not? Okay, next. Then husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ does the church, because we are members of the body, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Okay, so we want to learn from this passage how to build strong marriages based on God's principles or keys. So the first principle that uh, we see here uh, is, is this principle called submit to one another. Okay, in verse 21, where it says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So many a times when we talk about husband and wife, usually we don't start at verse 21. We start at verse 22, okay? Because the husband uh, would say, "Hey, uh, this passage by Paul, uh, by the way, says what? Uh? Wife, submit to the husband. Wow, very good to use, huh? Immediately, hey, you follow Bible. Bible says you submit to me, you know. Okay, so uh, the husband like to use that uh. Okay, and uh, they forgot, uh, Actually, before verse 22 is verse 21. Verse 21 is the Apostle Paul telling the whole church, hey, you need to submit to one another. So as believers, we need to submit to one another, we need to uh, uh, respect, share with one another, discuss, Okay, look out for each other, come to a consensus, respect each other's views. Okay, And somehow the husband thinks that this one doesn't apply to marriage. Ah. Hey, no, no, no. So this applies to all believers, including husband and wife. So, the first principle is we need to submit to one another first. Okay, don't use verse 22 first, use verse 21. Submit to one another. So, as husband and wife, we need to discuss with one another. Okay, we need to hear each other out. Okay, there's someone who says, after the Holy Spirit, you know who is the next person who is the voice of God? Or not? Your spouse. Okay, and it's very true. Okay. Other than the Holy Spirit, the next best person that we need to hear is our spouse. And this is especially so in major decisions. Okay, In major decisions, you need to discuss, you need to pray together, you need to wrestle together as a couple. Never make major decisions without sharing, discussing, praying through. Uh, grocery, you can let your wife take charge, no problem. Huh? Uh, she, she, she can do that. But, in major decisions, always make it together. So, uh, uh, you know, there's a joke, you know. Uh, man is the head of household, but the woman is the neck. Okay, it turns wherever it wants. Alright? Uh, and, and in major decisions, even for myself, um, there was uh, two major decisions that as a family uh, that we, we had to make. First was uh, my first 10 years in a, in a small church. Uh, this church called Singapore Charismatic Church, a small independent church. Uh, and we were there for 10 years, and uh, I was there for 10 years. So before we left, uh, we, we prayed to the Lord, you know. As a couple, we prayed, we sought the Lord. And it's only when the Lord speaks to each one of us separately that it's time for us to move, then we dare to move. And he said, yes, the Lord spoke to her separately, spoke to me separately, we move. And when I was in Great Assembly for 11 years, the same. Okay, We don't dare to move unless God speaks to the both of us. Yeah, separately. So the Lord spoke to, uh, to, to us in 2021, Good Friday weekend, separately. Okay, I didn't ask her, she didn't ask me. Good Friday, 2021, the Lord spoke to her, hey, it's time to move. The Lord spoke to me, hey, it's time to move. And then when we come together, then we know, okay, God is confirming it's time to move, then we move. Because uh, if we move in our own wisdom, we are going to mess things up. And it's a family family decision. We discuss with our family. So uh, consult one another, submit to one another. And it's, there are times when you need to compromise. There are times when you need to meet halfway. Okay? And uh, uh, you may say, uh, you know, uh, old dogs cannot learn new tricks. No, 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 we can learn, we can learn. Okay, we can learn to submit one another. We can change the patterns of our marriage. If we fail to submit to one another, uh, there's this author. His name is John Gottman. Okay, he wrote a very good book on uh, marriage called The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work. Okay, if you want to uh, go deeper into your marriage, I uh, highly recommend this book. And in his book, he talks about if we fail to submit to one another, uh, there will be four horsemen in every marriage. What is the four horsemen? Four horsemen is basically taken from uh, the book of Revelation in chapter 6. When the judgment of God comes, God sent four horsemen. The last one is death. Okay, it, it spells the end of uh, the, this age. So John Gottman says, if you see these four horsemen in your marriage, it's dangerous. It means your marriage is likely to reach death or the end. So be very careful to spot these four horsemen. So who is the first horseman? First horseman is criticism. Okay? Criticism. Means uh, in in your marriage, uh, uh, one or both parties will express negative feelings or opinions about the other person's character, personality, or what they do. So words will be used like, why oh yeah, why you always like that? Or, why you never pick up your socks after you come home? Okay? And words like, hey, what's wrong with you? Why do you keep doing that? Okay, so is, the, the startup is always harsh. Something harsh at the beginning. So it's a bad startup. So this, this criticism is, uh, you, you see this uh, paintbrush there, right? Uh, it means uh, very good at uh, you know drawing out the negative things. Uh. very good. The good things don't see so much, but wow, negative very good at drawing out. So criticism is the first horseman. Okay, then you move to the second horseman, which is contempt. Contempt means more serious idea. Uh, it is sarcasm. Okay, sarcastic, cynicism, name calling. What, you are good for nothing. Name calling, or eye rolling, huh? What well, else mockery? you white. you a joker? La. Why you do like that, la? You ah, yeah, mockery. Okay, I am guilty. Ah, uh. uh, hostile humour. You know. So it is a long simmering negative thought about a partner that is not resolved. Okay, swept under the carpet. Wow, many years, very big lump under the carpet. Okay, not resolve, not talk about. So it's like a drain that is choked ah, with rubbish. Ah. Suddenly, wow, the water will go up higher and higher because there's no communication. The, the drain is choked. Okay, contempt. Okay, and uh, you, you really uh, look down on your partner. Look down. Look down is the keyword. No respect. You don't really admire them, you know, and it's simmering inside you. So why what is that, that coffee thing doing there? Uh, it means... Uh, yeah, you're cooking uh or your coffee too hot, not nice to drink, lah. Or you're cooking lousy, you know, contempt. You're a lousy cook. Okay, contempt. Alright? The third horseman is defensiveness. Defensiveness means whatever your partner say you will say, it's not my fault, lah, this one. You no know way, always point finger at me. Uh it, it is your fault, not my fault. Okay, uh, not open to suggestion, not open to feedback. And uh, it, it is you, not, it's not me. Or you explain, I did this because of this. Everything you do got a reason. Okay? So very defensive. Uh, and, and, and you say, no lah. My coffee doesn't taste bad. It is, it is as good as Starbucks. That's why it's Starbucks. Starbucks standard lah. You know? Why you say my coffee no good? Why you say my cooking no good? Starbucks standard. Okay, Defensive. Okay, the last and uh, final one, are uh, very serious. Uh. A lot of marriages hit, hit, will hit this, uh, hit this last, last stage, which is sometimes irreversible, sometimes, okay? It is stonewalling. Why stonewalling? Means the partner uh, have already tuned out. Uh. Tune out uh, means uh, whatever you say, uh, don't go in already. The person will walk away, You will avoid... He'll act like as if you don't care or he hear he don't hear it. Okay? He'll go and do his own thing. You're in the kitchen, he's in the hall. You go to the hall, he go to the kitchen. You say, 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 like talking to the wall, stonewalling. Okay? fair, that or, not? fair that or not. You don't hear a neck some more. Okay? So stonewalling. Okay, and uh, why why ballerina? That that's a ballerina uh, clothes, nah? Okay? Misa ah, while you're talking the trick you're nagging as music law and then they go and do their own thing law. go and dance away do their own things ballerina la. okay one year in one year out okay their own hobby maybe they sleep separate rooms Very private no 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 okay if you have and uh, you need uh this help i know of a very uh, good couple a uh, couple friend okay uh, and um they are both clinical counsellors as well as they are experts in inner healing. Okay? So if you need a uh, referral or help in this area, uh, just let me know. I won't ask any question. I will refer you to my friend. All right, And get the help that you need. Okay? So get help early. Don't wait until you know uh, it's stonewalling and, and the relationship dies. Okay? People get married 30, 40 years and they get divorced. It is very, very sad okay? because nothing is done to the relationship. Alright, next. Um, Apostle Paul also began to talk about, okay, submit to one another, important, if not, there's four horsemen in your relationship. Apostle Paul began to uh, highlight the difference. He talked about wives, then he talked about husband. Amazing. The, 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 the instruction that he give to the wife is different from the instruction he give to the husband. Do you realize? He never asked, uh, uh, wife, love your husband. Never say that. He called the husband to love the wife and the wife to submit and respect the husband. Very different instruction. And in this book uh, by Will- Will- Willard Harley, uh, this book called His Need and Her Needs. Okay, basically, uh, it talks about the different needs of the male and the female. And one of the very important points in this book is that uh, the author writes that the wife need most is affection, love. And what the man needs most is for the wife to be proud and to admire them, which is respect. Okay? So male and female, there are different needs. And we see that from this book, is drawing out principles from the Bible. So the second instruction is for wives. Okay, wives, uh, what did the Bible say? It says what? My clicker is dead. It says, "Wife, submit to your husband." In verse twenty-two, it says, "Wife, submit to your husband, as to the Lord." Important, huh? Okay. So, wives are commanded to submit to the Lord, because uh, it, even though we say submit to one another, when there is when there's disagreement, when there is uh there's no consensus reached, somebody has to make the final decision. Okay, somebody has to say, okay, Nehemiah, uh, after we discuss, I hear you out, I hear all your concerns, but somebody needs to make the final decision because there is no proper agreement. The husband needs to make the final decision. Okay? And scripture commands us that wives should submit to the final decision of the husband. Okay? And, and this is not about equality, uh, guys. Male and female are made in the image of God they are equal okay, same value to God but they play different roles in a marriage okay not one is superior one is inferior no 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 they play different roles the man is called to be the leader in the marriage okay the head and they have the heavy responsibility of making the final decision heavy responsibility and the wife is supposed to support okay support and encourage the husband, okay, in their decision-making. And the key word is, to the Lord. Means what? Even if you feel your husband is not a good leader, okay, the wife is a better leader. Have, ah, it's true, ah, but it's not a matter of who is the better leader. Okay, it's a matter of to the Lord means you submit to your husband, even though he might be making the wrong decision, he's not such a good leader, you're supposed to submit to him because you do it out of obedience to the Lord. Okay? Out of obedience to the Lord. Not so much whether you're a good leader, making the right decision or not, but to the Lord. You obey the Lord. You do it as an act of obedience to the Lord. You do it as if you are submitting to the Lord. So that's what the scripture is saying, not, not how good a leader your, your husband is. And even when the decision is wrong, ah, very clearly, at the end of the day, it's wrong. Wives, you must wah, contain yourself from saying this phrase, I told you so. You, you, you must, wah, very hard lah, sometimes, cannot come out, right? I, 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 okay, don't say it. Say in your heart. Lah. See, lah, I told you so. Okay, never say that. Okay, because once you say that, what happens to the ego of your husband? Wow, shrivel up. Okay, not good for his self-esteem. Okay, and, and if you can support your husband, even though your husband knows he made the wrong decision, wow, you go a long way. Okay, you win brownie points already. Okay, and uh, uh, when we support them all the way, uh, they will feel the respect. They will feel uh, the, 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 the respect that comes from you. And for myself, uh, I, I usually make a lot of wrong decisions, you know, when? Uh, when I go for holiday. Ah. Okay, I make a lot of wrong decisions in my life, and, and my wife will always be supportive, but especially holiday, uh, because I usually I plan for holiday, uh, and I'm the, the, the kind that is spontaneous. Okay, and my wife is the opposite, must have, wow, everything planned out, itinerary, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, spontaneous, and then spontaneous. Of course, they'll be you know go the wrong place. or oh, this place closed, or this place doesn't exist. You know, travel all the way. Eh, hey, don't exist. or oh, this one, you no know, experience in Bangkok. Oh, this place actually don't have. Ah, oh. you hey, not my fault. Ah. Google say have. Ah, or this place they say open but it's closed. Oh, how? Ah? not my fault. Ah. okay. So so she very stressed. She's very stressed, but she will always oh, try to calm down, keep quiet, don't say anything. Okay even though many mistakes have been made, especially on holiday. And and in verse 33, uh, Apostle Paul tells wives to what? Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Very, very important. Respect means to honour and admire them despite their weaknesses. Means to look out for their strengths, focus on their strengths, rather than their weakness. That's how you respect your husband. Your husband definitely got weaknesses, definitely. But if you keep looking at the uh, weaknesses, you cannot respect them. So focus on their strength, respect them. And uh, uh, a husband always desire that their wives admire and respect them. Uh, And and for me, my wife, I I must say, 99% of the time, okay, 99% of the time, have never put me down in public. Wow, 99% of the time, okay? I've never heard or seen. ah. So that's something I really appreciate about her. She'll always be praising me in public. And even though I I boo-boo, she'll never put me down in public. So that's something that I really appreciate her for that. So key point, wives, never put down your husband in public. You can do it in your own toilet, can. Okay, when there are people around, I am my husband. Bro. Wow, Leo, Leo, Leo. Finish. Ah. Okay? Very important. And, 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 and when we stand before God, right, one day, God is not going to ask the wife, hey, how have you led the relationship? God is not going to ask you that. Ah. That heavy responsibility is on the guy. If you want to lead all the time, ah, you want to be the leader, ah, then, then God will ask you, how have you led? Ah? No, no, no. God asks the husband, hey, how have you led? What God will ask you is, how have you submitted and respected your husband? Okay? You sure you want to lead? Heavy responsibility, you know, must answer to God. I don't know. Any messed up in your family, God is not going to ask the wife, God asks the head, hey, how? How come your family like that? What happened? Why your leadership like that? It's the husband. You want to take care, the wives come, come and take, come and take. Okay, God will be asking the husband this teaching is actually very difficult because it's counter I mentioned, right? What is the world teaching us? Feminism. That's why when I talk to this about, with my kids, uh, what well, they all react, you know, how can, submit to, husband, are you crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the teaching is feminism, uh, equal rights. Uh, like I said, we're all equal, uh, but they don't understand. Okay, they don't understand, hey, you cannot, it, feminism teach, oh, everybody have the same view, you know. If you, your view is the same, uh, different from your husband, you should voice out, you should never submit. It's unacceptable. You must make sure your, your, your thing go through. So I ask you one question. Uh. Can a company have two CEOs or not? Can I? Uh. Have you seen company got two CEOs? Everything they do, they must check first. Eh, hey, go where? Uh. Well, can, can lead or not? Very hard. Have you seen a, a church uh, with two senior pastors have, have, but very rare, like 0.001% have. But how come sometimes we think uh, in marriage we can have two CEOs? Uh? Funny, right? Company, we know it won't work. Church won't work. But in marriage, we, we somehow think it can have two CEOs. No, we can't. So it is for, for hierarchy, it's for accountability, for efficiency. Somebody, at the end of the day, needs to make the final decision. Because not everything we can agree on, definitely. Okay? Furniture, what color? Okay lah, can lah. small thing. But major decision, please allow the husband to make the final decision. Okay, so that if anything go wrong, you can always blame the husband lah. Correct no nah? huh? Amen right? Uh. All right. So even though you are a stronger leader, let your husband make and make them feel good lah. What eh, you know? You cycle them from behind ah. Then they make the final Wow, very good decision. This decision you make on your own. Very good. Lah. But behind, you already do the legwork. Alright, so support your husband. Next instruction is for, the, is for the husband. Okay, husband, very simple. Love your wife, again, keyword. as Christ loved the church. Again, very different from the word. Our word is wow, passion, lasts, love your wife, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. no. It's easy to have passionate, emotional love. But it would not last. Ah. The only love that lasts is when it's modeled after how Christ loved the church. Very different. What does it mean to love? The Apostle Paul uses a parallel analogy. How Christ loved the church. Husband, that's how you love your wife. So, uh, Apostle Paul say, as Christ died for the church to redeem the church, what does he tell the husband? You must also die. Be willing to die for your wife. So, how many of you want to be the head already now? The wife? Good, huh? God didn't tell the wife to die for the husband, but husband, be ready to die for your wife just as Christ died for the church. Okay, and what else did, did Apostle Paul say? You must nourish your wife like your own body. Nourish means what? Feed, provide. And then he also uses the word what? Cherish, like treasure, you know? Take good care. Like your own body, you must take good care. Okay, Paul uses uh, uh, this analogy uh, to, to say that your partner must always come first. So if you're asking, hey, why my wife don't submit and respect, to, respect me, right? You know what's the answer, no? The answer is, if you love your wife to the point that you're willing to die for her, if you nourish her and you cherish her, you will have no problems of your wife not respecting and submitting to you. Then then some people say, no, 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 my wife must respect and submit first, then I love. Which one comes first? Ah, It's a trick question. ah. Both must go together. Okay, don't, ah, you wait first, wait. He loves me, then I respect. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Okay? Both must go together. And when we do that, we have no problems with respecting, submitting. We have no problems when we love to the point of sacrificial love. Our wives will feel it because our wives respond to affection. We respond to respect. John Gottman, again, uh, uh, he, in his book, he talks about this concept called bits. He says, in any relationship, you are always making beats, bids, b i d s, bids. Okay. Uh, and, and and we look at uh, bids as in a relationship. Uh, when he looked at marriages, uh, he observed them for a while, right? He can predict with great accuracy, uh, in a lab, uh, whether the marriage will survive or not, just by looking at how they do bidding. Okay, with a ninety-over percent probability, or this relationship can last. This marriage can last, just by looking at how they make bids. Okay, uh, to, towards each other. And, and and so, bits are attempts, okay, for each other's attention, affection, humor, or support. Okay, so these are the different reactions. So, beats can be positive or negative. Means, if I make a bit for you, I say, Hey, how, uh, Justin, uh, how are you? You know, you look tired. How's your day? You're yawning, but how's your day? Okay, so for example, I make a beat like that to Justin, right? Wow, oh, Justin, wow. Pretend they are here, then walk away. What happened, what happened to my beat? Negative response to my beat. Okay, but you say, no la Pastor, I'm listening. I took down notes. Let me share with you what I learned. Ah, positive ah, response. Okay, so that's what beats does, okay? Uh, and uh, it, it can be something minor in a relationship, like uh, giving your partner a back rub, or something major like, you know, can you help me care for my parents who are sick? Can they come and stay in our home? Wow, major bit. Major bit. Okay, it's very hard to say yes. Uh, okay, major bit. All right. So a partner can either turn towards or turn away from each other's bit. Okay, the tendency to turn towards the spouse or turning away uh, or, or, uh, uh, is all based on the basis of trust, okay, emotional connection, passion and a satisfying sex life. So all this will affect how you beat. And John Gottman uh, uh, has this uh, quote. He says this. He says this is a very, very interesting quote. He says, Comical as it may sound, romance is strengthened in the supermarket aisle When your partner asks, are we out of butter? And you answer, I don't know. Let me get some just in case. Instead of uh, shrugging... uh, Apathetically, walking away, never here. These mini moments, or what I call beats, builds your trust level and ongoing sense of romance. Wow. Being helpful to one another will do far more for the strength and passion of your marriage than a two-week Bahamas getaway. Wow. Amazing, right? So for us, it's reverse, huh? The whole year we're fighting, you know, wow, very stressed, earn a lot of money, fight, fight, fight. Okay, we save enough money, let's go to the Bahamas. Two weeks, wow, enjoy ourselves, wow, 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 wow. Then come back, fight again. We think the Bahamas is the romance, ah. but John Coleman say no, it's how you re- respond in the supermarket. Ah. That is the true romance. And, and it's so true, you know, and, and uh, what we do daily is more powerful than our best yearly holiday. So, I have have, uh, two containers here. Okay, this uh, represents uh, our lives. uh. Okay, one is his. My her tag uh, go missing. Oh, thank you, Teresa. It went to you. Okay, so it, it is like this container, all right? Uh, the her not submissive? <laughs> Keep dropping. So it's his and her, and uh, basically it's like it's like uh, it's like these chips, uh. are okay, like these chips uh, that 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 we have. Okay, beating is like these chips. Okay, uh, maybe you do something uh something big. Okay, you you buy her uh, romantic you know uh dinner at four season 100 wow, points okay 100 points wow 100 points huh? then you do something small like wash toilet 6 point only. <laughs> uh, you do something uh make her laugh also 5 point huh? okay you you uh, you fetch her parents to the 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 doctor or better 50 points okay then uh, what she do uh, she She laughed at your joke, nine points. Huh? Uh she mopped the floor even though it's not her duty. Ten points. Huh? What other thing? What thing y'all do for each other? Ah, cook dinner. Not so good. But okay, five (laughs) points. If better, okay, ten points. Huh? Okay. What else y'all do for each other? Uh, back rub, uh, she rub your back. Well, 12 points. Okay, so we, we, we do that, okay? That's how the, the, the tank become more, uh? that's how we do. Uh? Okay, how, how much left? Uh? Okay. But let's say, uh, let's say, you say, oh, can you help me go downstairs, buy eggs and milk? Then you pretend, you're playing your Xbox. <laughs> Call, Call of Duty. Huh? So she call you right. You never listen right. Means take out lah. Oh take out. Oh this fellow uh, play uh, from morning until night. Call of duty never hear me. Take out take out. Oh less ready eh? Jala Then you you tell her eh? Hey, how can you work every day one? Never do household chore. Never help with the children's work. What are you doing? Take, take up, Okay. Well, less point already. Then she pretend, never do, still working. Because the beat is not returned, ah, you know what I mean? So less and less. Ah. That's what happens in right? daily life, right? That's what happens, right? But that's exactly what's happening you know, in daily life. We make beats. Ah. Our friends also make beats. Ah. Same in all relationship, It's like that. So what happens if everything, we left nothing already, ah? What wow, this uh ah, testing my patient, only left one coin on here. What happened to our relationship if it's like that? Ah? Keep taking, then never give. That, then don't fix someone. What happened? Negative. Wow. Minus. Oh, ah, money here. Yeah. That's how relationship be- work, uh, break up. Okay, so in every relationship, we are making beats. All right? So it helps in our relationship. Just know, small things. After church, hey, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. It's a bit, alright? And uh, try to respond positively. I don't know. <laughs> Okay? So every time we make a bid, it helps in our relationship. So the last point that uh, Apostle Paul tells us, which is also very amazing, is this. Last point, which is very, very amazing, counter is to make your marriage the loudest gospel. He says this, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Why is this mystery that uh, Apostle Paul is talking about? This mystery is how Apostle Paul uses the parallelism of the Christ and the church with the relationship between husband and wife. He's making a parallel comparison. Okay? Uh, and then you say, oh, why is the marriage like Christ and the church? So strange, Apostle Paul, why you do that? Because the interesting thing is the Bible begins with marriage. Remember, Adam and Eve. Two become one. And the Bible also ends with marriage. By the way, do you all know? In the book of Revelations, there will be a marriage supper of the Lamb and Jesus Christ as the bridegroom will receive the church as the bride. Okay? And there's this big celebration. Jesus Christ will become one with the church. Alright? Amazing? And, so marriage is not just a, a, a private affair between your husband and your wife. No, 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 no. Marriage is a signpost. It's a signpost for the ultimate marriage of Christ and the church. It's a signpost. Why do I say it's a signpost? Why is it the best thing? Because it is the thing that people can see. Okay, the thing that people can see is what? It's not your quiet time at home. No, no, no. The first thing that people can see is what? Your marriage, married life. Very visible. That's why it's the loudest gospel. Because uh, uh, God says, love your neighbour as yourself. And who is the neighbour that God has given you that you're supposed to love? Your wife. See, I love everybody, but this neighbour, very hard. Can excuse this neighbour or not? But this is supposed to be your best gift, but this neighbor very hard, very challenging, Pastor uh, God. Can I love other neighbor? This one maybe uh, next decade, maybe got a chance. Cannot be, because this is the gift, the best gift that God has given you, the best neighbor that God has given you. So how you treat this neighbor who is seated next to you 24-7 is the most visible and the loudest gospel, whether you believe in God or not. Correct or not? If you wah, wah, uh, fight whole day, is your children going to be convinced that God is love? No. Is your children going to be convinced to love you? No, they are not. Because, because they see it at home. Happening all the time. So the best gift you can give to your children and to people around they are watching you is how you love your spouse. This is your first ministry, is your biggest ambition. Okay, biggest ambition. Uh, Pete Scazzaro, the person who uh, wrote Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Uh, next slide. Okay, this one, next slide. Oh, okay, Pete Scazzaro, next one. Uh, Pete Scazzaro says this in his quote. He says that if you want to lead out of your marriage, then you must make marriage, not leadership, uh, not even leadership, your first ambition, your first passion and your loudest gospel message. Wow. Crazy, right? Radical statement, right? So how you love your, your, your neighbour, your, your wife, is the loudest gospel message, your first ministry, your first ambition, your first passion. Some people think uh, a pastor's marriage has got no problem. It? They all have this kind of idea. Pastor, no problem. You know, Sure, loving one. Ah. It's not true. Ah. Okay, it's not true. I have my own struggles. My wife has her own struggles. Uh, how to love one another because we, day in, day out, we see the flaws are very clear, right? The flaws. Whoa. Very obvious, ah, the flaws. How do we love unconditionally? We cannot. In our own strength, we cannot. Our marriage, we have broken down a long time ago. We, based on our own strength, our internal love tank to love one another, it will have fallen down most of the time. We cannot sustain. The only way we can sustain our marriage is when we look at the gospel. Okay, Christ and the church. Even though the church, me, me, I'm worthless, I'm sinful, I'm full of flaws, but Christ still loved me. With that love, I'm able to love my spouse. Many flaws, many challenges. But because God loved me, with my wretchedness, I'm able to love my wife unconditionally. If not, it is impossible. All right? So we need to tap into God's love so that at the end of the day, we are able to love our spouse. I want to invite uh, the worship team to come as I summarise. So our marriage is not just to make us happy, but to make us holy. Okay? So that we can reflect Jesus Christ. So that we can point others to God and say, When we are faithful in our marriage, that is because God is going to be faithful in His covenant towards us. When we are intimate in our marriage, it is a signpost that God wants to be intimate with us. Everything that we do in marriage is a signpost. Hey, at the end of the day, Jesus Christ wants to marry you. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He wants to be faithful to you, just like a marriage covenant. That's why it breaks God's heart whenever marriages end in divorce. Because it's meant to point to the eternal covenant between Christ and the church. It breaks His heart. And it affects people around you. You think nobody is watching? It affects, hey, how come? What's happening to a marriage, a Christian marriage? It breaks God's heart. Because we are pointing to the wrong thing. And it's very challenging in every marriage. And we need the strength of Christ. Because God forgave us, we can forgive our partner. God loves us even though we are sinners. That's why we can love our partner. I want to end with this uh, summary. How to transform your marriage. First, First key, submit to one another. Same brush. Same brush for the first... The four horsemen, same brush. But this brush is not to brush, highlight your your negative things. This brush is saying, hey, together, we are going to paint a beautiful picture together. Okay? Painting together, that brush means. Second key, wives, submit to your husband. Same coffee mug, but as a reminder, hey, it is for the wives to serve the husband. Okay, when we do that, our, hus- our husbands will feel that respect, that admiration. Third key, husbands love your wives. Why is that, why is that Starbucks uh, coffee there? It says, hey, every now and then, uh, please pamper your wife. Alright, with Starbucks, with a nice meal. Alright. And the last one, Make your marriage to be the loudest gospel. Why is that ballerina uh, dress there? It's trying to tell you marriage is a dance. Okay, it's a dance. As you dance together, the whole world can see. The whole world can see how you are working together, dancing together, and you bring out the beauty of Christ and the church. So these are the four keys from Scripture how to lay that strong foundation for our marriage. Let us stand even as we we sing this song and and we're telling the Lord, Lord, we cannot do it in our own strength because marriage is hard work. We see all the flaws of our spouse. We need something greater which is the power of your love. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for married couple here if you are standing next to your spouse just hold your spouse's hand if you're not it's okay you want to pray for you can also pray for your parents you can also pray for any married couple that you, you know are going through some issues as I pray uh, for all married couples that are in this place hallelujah Lord. thank you Jesus hallelujah father I want to give thanks that marriage is your idea, Lord. Even though marriage is under attack from, from many quarters, Lord, we know that marriage is your design for man and woman to be joined as one. Even though the enemy is attacking the institution of marriage, Father, we pray you strengthen Christian marriages in Maranatha, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. That it will be founded on the bedrock of the love of Jesus Christ. Father, we confess that there are four horsemen in our marriages, O Lord. We confess there are so many flaws and difficulties and challenges in our marriages, O Lord. We confess we have let you down, we have let our spouse down, O Lord, in so many ways, O Lord. Father, we confess we are not able to love in our own strength. But this morning, we ask of you, let the love of Christ fill every marriage, Lord. Let the love of Christ fill every family, O Lord. Our families, our marriages are broken. But we give thanks. You died on the cross because we are not able, Lord. Because it is broken, we cannot do it, but you can, O oh Lord. So we lean on you this, this morning, O oh Lord. Let your love flow into every marriage. Heal every marriage in the name of Jesus. We come against the enemy to steal, to kill and destroy marriages, O oh Lord. And we ask that you come and, and reconcile relationship, O oh Lord. You come and forgive Difficult relationships in our marriages and our family, oh Lord. And we restore and uphold Jesus Christ as the head, oh Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, I pray for every father here, every husband, that they will love their wives just as Christ loved the church. I pray for every wife here that they will learn what it means to submit and to respect their husband oh lord help us oh lord may the gospel may our marriages be the loudest gospel that people will see oh lord so that we will point many many more back to you oh lord so we surrender our marriages and our family into your hands in jesus name we pray amen amen